Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny. What is up, guys? Sophia here, back with another topic. If you are new here, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to hit the notification bell so you can stay updated on all of my content. And also don't forget to check the description box because I always put a lot of stuff in there, including the Facebook group that I am starting in case you want to read the Bible in one year, which I highly recommend. And so that is what prompted the topic for this video because I'm going to be talking about the Old and the New Testament and how it is basically the basis for Christianity. And I think a lot of people tend to not make the correlation between the Old and the New Testament. But this is why it is so important to read our like entire Bible from a front to finish so that you can see how it is all connected. Because I think a lot of the times people see the Old Testament as the Hebrews, as the Jews, and then the New Testament as the New Covenant. And although that is technically true, it is much deeper in that. So fair warning that this is going to be a heavily Bible-based video because I definitely love studying the Word. And this is why because I feel like you can make some of these correlations and the crazy thing is is that when I read the Bible these are the revelations that God reveals to me right like as I always say yes go to church yes listen to certain people but ultimately you want God to reveal the innermost knowledge that he has in regards to you and ultimately he will completely do that but in order to have that trust with God is that you actually have to start reading and allowing him to speak and connecting the dots with you and I think that you will be amazed on how much esoterical if that's what you want to call it knowledge that you can um, obtain and so I don't want this video to be super like long and so I'm specifically going to correlate Jesus to the old and new testament and the difference between the old covenant um, and the new covenant so the first thing that I want to say is the Bible scriptures that I'm going to be reading is from the Amplified Bible. And I'm going to leave the link down in the description box of the Amplified Bible that I read. And it just because it gives so much more of an expansive explanation and it helps show the correlation even more. So the first point that I want to make is that the Trinity always existed from the beginning of time. I know like we think, oh, when Jesus came, it was God made man and then the Holy Spirit came and that was something new. But it wasn't. From the very beginning in Genesis 1, Genesis 1, the first book and the first chapter of the Bible, Jesus was there. And I'm actually going to read to you Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us, in parentheses, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but spiritual personality and moral likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish and the sea, the birds, the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth right and I also have a video that I'll link down below and where I explain the trinity in great detail where I go into more bible verses but the point that I want to make out is that Jesus was already there in the beginning and when Jesus came the reason why people could not grasp who Jesus was is because he was a person and they were like no you're not God you're a person just like us what do you mean that you were there in the beginning of time and you're calling yourself I am and you're calling yourself God this is blasphemy and ultimately that's what God him killed but Jesus was speaking this the whole time and I'm so excited I know y'all like Sophia really yes because it's so exciting to when you correlate the Old Testament to the New Testament and you understand exactly what Jesus was saying since we see the whole um thing now and we know the Old and the New Testament 
If we go into John 8, 57 to 59, and this is the New Testament, this is Jesus speaking. Your father Abraham greatly rejoiced to see my day, my incarnation. He saw it as was delighted. Then the Jews said to him, you are not even 50 years old and you claim to have seen Abraham. And Jesus replied, I assure you and most solemnly say to you before Abraham was born, I am, which we know God is, I am. That's what the Jews referred to God as. He was saying, I am God. And then they picked up the stones and they threw it at Jesus because he basically called himself God. But the thing about that is just like I told you in Genesis 1, he is. <laughs> he was there the entire time. And that is what encompasses God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit um, was there the entire time. Because oftentimes we think that, oh, the Holy Spirit came after Jesus died. And that is true. But the reason why that happened is because as we know the story of Adam and Eve, it's because they gave up their inheritance. As I read in Genesis 1, we already saw, saw that we were made in the likeness of God and when the, when Eve ate the apple and all that other stuff and she gave it to Adam they sacrificed their inheritance the reason why we know that is because if we go to Genesis 3 8 um, when Adam and Eve was like walking around in the garden of Eden it said and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool afternoon breeze of the day so the man and his wife kept themselves hidden from the presence of the Lord among the trees what is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is the way in which God can communicate through us Jesus died in order to re-give us the Holy Spirit but we already had it when God created us in the beginning but because they sinned and they sacrificed and they gave their inheritance over to the devil when they disobeyed God that did not allow for us to have that one-on-one -on -one communication with God anymore but as we saw already Already in Genesis 1 it already said let us father son and holy spirit make man in our image so we already had all of those things God Jesus and the holy spirit within us but that that the first covenant was actually ruined when we decided to go and disobey God and then we ruined it for everybody and ultimately we got into sin and we know the rest we know how mankind is which is why I'm going to go into 1 Corinthians 8 6 and that is in the New Testament and it says yet for us there is but one God the father who is the source of all things and we exist in him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom all things that have been created and we believers exist and have life and have been redeemed through him. So basically, um, a lot of people who are even not Christian, they don't understand this because they're like, okay, isn't there supposed to be one God? Then who is this Jesus character? But remember, like I said, it's the idea of the I am. Um, God encompasses the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was just God came back to the earth in the flesh. Now you may be asking why in the world did God have to come to flesh? And it be it's, it's beyond like, oh, he had to redeem us for sin, but the redemption had to be done because Eve was a person, Adam was a person. And so when they ruined the first covenant and they fell from grace, they were tempted. And so it made no logical sense for God to come down in his omniscient form <laughs> and try to resist the devil because he would be able to do it because then he would be all powerful. He had to make himself like Adam and Eve. And this is why we call the sacrifice because literally it's like you're a king and you're making yourself a peasant in order to save your children. And that's literally what happened because he literally had to give away all of his power and be 
be put in a place full of sin, tempted in every way that man was tempted um, and basically take on the sins of like, I don't know if sins is the right words because Jesus was not sinless, but you get what I'm saying, like the brunt of the world and the covenant that they had given up. Because as I always say, once Adam and Eve sinned, then we have the first murder with Cain and Abel. That's when you see all this sinful stuff come into the world because the devil had took hold of the covenant and got into and were able to like get into man's minds and stuff and convince them to sin. And so, yes, we have a choice to reject sin, but the temptation was still there. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that is what Jesus had to face is that ability to be tempted by the devil. And we specifically know that when God, I mean, when Jesus was on Mount and the devil specifically tempted him for 40 days, that is an example of how he had to resist temptation. But even more so, it specifically says um, in a, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and this is the Amplified, and it's going to be mad long, but it specifically just says exactly what I just explained to you, why God had to humble himself and become different like Jesus in order to redeem us, right? So it says, have the same attitude for yourself, which was in Christ. Look to him as your example of selfless humility, who, although he existed in form, unchanging essence of God, as one with him possessing the fullness of all divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, do not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily to giving up the outward expression of divine equity and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man after he was found in terms of his outward appearance as man for divinely appointed time. He humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the father, to the point of death and even on the cross. So basically that is just exactly what I said. And I'm like so hype explaining this because I feel like when you really read it and you start to understand this stuff, you are completely mind blown or at least I am. And so with that being said, basically that is like Jesus. I mean, really it is the ultimate sacrifice when we think about it. God could it came up here in his little omniscient self throwing stuff around and having all magical powers and could have slayed the devil but see since Adam and Eve willingly gave over their power to the devil because and I have a video on this and I'll try to remember link it to link it down in the description box that the devil can tempt you but you still have to give in to the devil because the devil was a snake the devil if he really wanted to kill Adam and Eve he could have bit Eve he could have bit Adam as a snake and then they both would have been dead and then that would have been the end of mankind but he couldn't do that he needed them to willingly give over their covenant and so that is what Adam and Eve did and so Jesus needed to willingly take it back by being able to do what Adam and Eve could not and that is to resist temptation as a person and giving up his amazingness because for real that is a big thing to do to give up all of your amazing omniscient powers and everything to literally become a bond servant and to exhibit humility as we saw in that bible verse in order to basically um save us because that's how much he loves us and when you think about it that is a whole lot of love because how many 
many of you would give up your car, your money, your house, and everything under the sun in order to save your children? I mean, most parents probably would, but it even goes beyond that because literally God had all the power in the world that he gave up in order to redeem that specific thing, right? And so the last verse that I'm going to get into is the reestablishing, which it says is the new covenant. But for real, for real, it was just really the old covenant, but it was just reestablishing the old covenant because we were supposed to have all of this the whole time, as I just explained. So in Hebrews 9, 15, it says, for this reason, he is the mediator and negotiator of the new covenant. That is an entirely new agree agreement, uniting God and man so that those who have been called by God may receive the fulfillment, the promise, eternal inheritance, since a death has taken place as payment, which redeems them from the sins committed under the obsolete first covenant. So what is the first covenant? That was the covenant when God created man and that was Adam and Eve. They jack everything up. And then now Jesus had to come and die and basically get what we lost back. So technically it's considered a new covenant, but really it's still the same promises of God that he intended for mankind kind, like I said, in the first Bible verse that I read, and that is Genesis one. And the entire new Testament is basically about Jesus, you know, regaining what we had lost through a new way because Adam and Eve didn't come back to re, you know, claim their stuff. And, and God had sent many men down and we all sin. I mean, if you read the entire Bible, all of them are jacked up, including David. I mean, everybody got problems. So, so God was like, okay, I'm gonna just have to come down here and do this myself. Cause evidently y'all don't know what y'all doing and y'all ain't never going to be redeemed. And so that's when we see the New Testament and the whole process of that. I say that all to say that I want you to join my group. And I know I'm like getting so excited about this. I know y'all like Sophia, really. It is so exciting because I really want people to get excited about reading the word and not feel like, oh, this is going to be boring or I'm not going to understand it. Or I go to church and that's enough. And sure, it can be enough. But when you start to like understand this and God revealed all of this to me, just simply from me reading the word. And as you can see, it is not difficult to understand when you have a Bible that you actually can read from and you are able to make the correlations and I'll link the Bible that I read from because even as I read that Amplified Bible it'll actually cross-reference each Bible verse from the Old to the New Testament and vice versa so that you can actually go back and start to under and start to understand like oh okay that's what it means and so once you like like for me it increases my faith to know like oh how all of this was connected because on the surface people are like oh the Bible is very hypocritical this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense but as I always say, you can't pick and choose certain Bible verses that you want to read from. It really does take you reading the entire thing in order for it to start making complete sense and above and beyond in your brain. So that is about it. Once again, really check the description box, guys. Um, The group is starting early next year. However, I am, the Facebook group is already open. I'm gonna be posting some, I'm gonna be posting some things leading up to that. And I really hope to see you guys there. The group is 100% free. So click the link down below and I will see you guys another day, another time. Bye-bye, y'all.